0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Georgia recruiting rumors versus facts here on UGA Sports YouTube channel. I am Blaine Gilmer here with Jed May, and we are here once again live. His schedule got thrown off, had some family stuff on uh, yesterday Monday night. Had a Christmas uh, concert there, you know, Jed for for the boys. So had to. Had to go see what that was all about. You know, uh, enjoyed that time, but now I get to talk a little uh, Georgia football recruiting. So here on a on a Tuesday night, and there's a lot going on. Uh, a lot of questions that we're going to answer. Um, but Jed, you know, we're just keeping up with these guys' visits coming up this weekend.
1: Yeah, we've been talking about this weekend for weeks. You know, who's going to show up this week? This weekend, um, you know, been telling y'all to keep keep an eye on it this weekend. Now it's finally here. We posted the the early. Iteration, I guess, of the visitors list earlier today. Be adding through that to that throughout the week, and yeah, you know, there's this weekend and signing day next Wednesday, so b- busiest time of the year for
0: us. It's going to be very fluid when it comes to c- comes to the the visitors this upcoming weekend, and also, uh, you know, when it comes on signing day, George's working a lot of people from a different angles. A lot of names are going to pop up here uh, as as time goes on. You know, Jed. You know Devon Campbell. Uh, now people are talking about coming in on an official visit. Um, we're reaching reaching out to him for for comments and what's going on. I mean, it's a guy from Texas. You know, uh, I know Todd Munkin was in the state of Texas recruiting uh, recruiting today. So you know, we'll see uh, what ends up happening with with guys like that. Also, uh, people are asking questions about wide receiver uh, in the secondary, of course, after that uh, performance from uh, Georgia this past Saturday. Uh, of course, uh, always looking to improve the, improve the secondary. So there's a lot of key targets remaining, edge rusher, linebacker that Georgia are going after in this class, and we will address all of those things. But Jed, uh, just kind of real quick before we you know get into some of these questions, who have you, you been talking to? Uh, what, what does it kind of look like coming up this weekend? Some things that we can kind of throw right off the top there that, that we've uh, discovered here over the last couple of days.
1: Well, we've we found out there's going to be a lot of commits that have waited to use their official visits until this weekend to be in town with these other guys: Marquis groves Killebrew, Malachi Starks, Griffin Scroggs, um, C.J. Washington from Cedartown. Those guys are going to be in town. Just that when, Oh, Bear Alexander is going to be here as well. Don't know if he um, is an official or not. But as far as uncommitted guys, Shamar James is going to be here. Um, we reported Marvin Jones is going to be here. Um, Blaine, like you mentioned, Devin Campbell um, is kind of up in the air right now. So there's. There's going to be a lot of uncommitted guys here, but I think something that's standing out is there's going to be a lot of committed guys that seemingly have, you know, been storing up this official. I mean, these guys have been committed for months when you look at the Starkses and the Groves Killebrews of the world. So um, this is a weekend they've had circled for a while last weekend for early signing day. And, you know, now it's time a good word work for them.
0: No doubt. And, uh, you know, these coaches are out on the road. And one thing that I think has been a a trend, Jed, and is something that maybe has not necessarily been as common as, as, you know, Kirby Smart himself and all these other coaches are making intentional time to go spend with guys already committed. Of course, you know, coaches will go, but Kirby's making sure to hit a lot of these commits himself. I really thinking that he, is very happy with the class that he has and wants to you know retain that class make sure that uh everything stays intact there uh going to see a lot of guys like you know julian humphrey out out on the road that they were there saw him you know going to see uh you know michael williams him and dan lanning and del mcgee that's a powerful you know trio of recruiters going right there and paying you attention and a home visit um there's a they, Trey Scott went out and saw uh, Sean Washington, one of the newest uh, Georgia Georgia commits from New Orleans. So uh, there's there's a lot going on when it comes to these recruit, uh, these coaches hitting the road. There's people asking questions, and we'll address them here on on uh, on Todd Munkin. There were people asking questions about Dan Landon. There are people asking questions about uh, Cortez Hankton. We'll address all those. But uh, safe to say. Jed, that they're kind of leaving no stone unturned right now, guys. That they can get in-home visits with, they're going to do it. They're securing the commits, and then they're looking elsewhere as well, even multiple classes out.
1: Right, and you know, I was putting together a story um this morning just where they've been. It seemed like the early part of this week, you know, Sunday, Monday, was it was a lot of those commits. You know, and Branson Robinson was on that list, and you know they went to go see Branson Robinson yesterday, and I spoke with Branson's dad, and he just said. You know, Del McGee wants to reinforce, you know, come to a positive place where there's positive people and everything's going to work itself out. So I feel like that's a lot of what the coaches are saying to these commits, just basically not they're not necessarily a sales pitch because um, these guys are, are already committed, but just reaffirming, hey, this is the place you need to be. You know, we're looking forward to getting you on campus. A lot of these guys are signing early. And, you know, Sean mentioned, um, I guess it was last week when we had him on, he's going to be, you know, here for bowl practice. Um, so just that last little – like you said, tightening things up, getting these commits secured, and then, you know, moving on to those uncommitted guys that they are trying to add Ernest Green, Drew Bobo, um, all those kind of guys.
0: Yeah, and and I think one thing about it here, Jed, is that there's been a uncharacteristically active uh, coaching carousel. Like, not just – there's always coaching changes, but there's been coaching changes at marquee brands in college football. So, these guys are coming in here, and it's a mad scramble for them to try to fortify their first – you know, class, so to speak, in the in in the waning weeks, uh, days, hours of the signing period, they're trying to make a splash. So, what better than try to go to a program and and maybe poach one of a, a Georgia or an Alabama or you know one of those type programs commits, right? So that's why I think uh, Kirby Smart and the coaching staff is being so intentional about going and spending that quality time with the guys already committed. There, Georgia does have the number one uh, ranked rivals. Uh, recruiting class in the class of 2022 and 2023 uh, right now. So um, definitely in 2022, they want to keep what they've already got intact. And then going on from, from there, like you said, there'll be some some gaps to fill in. Uh, people always also need to remember that not – Everyone is signing it. You know, it seems like everybody signs on December 5th, but there's still targets out there like Shamar Stewart, who uh, he was tweeting about the, you know, about Georgia today. I mean, he's tweeting about Texas A&M. There's lots of schools, you know, there's been some trend of him towards Texas A&M un- undoubtedly, but Georgia has not stopped recruiting him or reaching out to him. Georgia wants to get a, a key edge prospect, Marvin Jones. Right there, they visited visited him in home last week. Jed, uh, even before the SEC championship game, Dan Lennon uh, was down there visiting Marvin Jones Jr. before that game. So that tells you what kind of uh, priority target that he is. And like you said, we're, the Georgia's expecting him to make a official visit this weekend, the tenth through the tenth through the twelfth. And it's just going to be very very interesting. To see, you know, who who ends up showing up this weekend, because undoubtedly, as much as you and I are talking to to sources and and also calling uh, these prospects themselves, there's going to be guys that that are off the radar that show up. So everybody needs to expect the unexpected as it comes up here to this last week. But Georgia uh, is certainly. You know, in a good spot with this with this class with high profile guys like a Kamari Wilson, right? And, and then it, it, on the on the secondary, who, in my opinion, Jed Kamari Wilson may be the most impactful recruit remaining out there in the in the class of twenty twenty two because I think he's the right now. You look at the defensive back commits that Georgia has, extremely talented, right? Jaheim Singletary a shutdown a shutdown corner. Marquise Groves Kilbury towards ACL, but he's a shutdown uh type type corner. Malachi Starks, great uh, you know, kind of Swiss Army knife defensive back, can can do a lot of different things. He's played that star hybrid type role, uh, done a lot of things. Um, Julian Humphrey super fast, but Kamari Wilson's the one that is that true safety, you know, and and could be a guy that can make an impact really early next year.
1: Right, and Ja'Cory Thomas as well, kind of like Malachi Starks, more of a star-ish um, you know, type player. But you look at Kamari Wilson, like you said, true safety, and that's what Georgia's going to need. And, you know, if Lewis Seen leaves, um, Chris Smith, a senior. So there's a lot of opportunity to, I mean, theoretically start, right? I mean, you can come in and earn that starting job, but at the very least be in the rotation. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I put that in my in my piece today as well. I think he is the most important target uncommitted target left on the board just because like you said a he's a true safety and b that's kind of the area george is going to need to shore up you know in this class
0: no doubt uh and as we're going right here um jed just got uh just got a tweet out that uh camden brown a three-star receiver out of aquinas uh he's sharing his his uh in-home visit picture right here with Cortez oh, Hankton. So uh said he had a a great visit there with Cortez Hankton. Um Camden Brown depending on where you're getting your measurements from, six foot three, six foot four, upwards of two hundred pounds. So a big body type receiver. I uh, actually have a little film of him of him, Jed, that I'm gonna uh play over here. But uh Jed, while I'm while I'm getting that film uh shared up on the screen here, just you know, your thoughts right now on on wide receiver. I know uh that's been a hot topic over on the over on the vault. Uh you know, today especially I posted a uh an update this morning. People weren't exactly, you know, thrilled with uh with what was said on there, but hey, you got to uh deliver the facts whether they're, you know, good good for Georgia, bad for Georgia, however it goes. But uh just wanted your opinion right now on the the wide receiver position and and kind of uh, what's going on in that area
1: yeah that's uh that's kind of the area that's the big question mark i mean i think you know on the one hand because i saw a lot of people in that thread blaine that you posted earlier today saying oh no one's going to want to come to georgia because they're one sets of bennett's going to be the guy okay one no one knows if that's going to be the case next year to begin with number two if it is that's going to be here one more year i think i think he's next year's 10th year of eligibility will we'll finally <laughs> be his last one so um, but on the flip side of that, I mean, I think there is something to the argument of, you know, you look at Georgia's receivers numbers in the past and it, it's, you know, Georgia's got what one 1000 yard receiver ever. I mean, Alabama, ever. Sure ever those guys, I saw, I don't know if this was like an actual legitimate stat or not, but someone said um, on the board today. Alabama has more 1000 yard receivers this season than Georgia has in the past 50 years. Yeah, so I, mm-hmm. I don't know. If I didn't research that, but, it, but it, the fact that I had to consider it to begin with just lends some credence to that thought. So, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where all, you know, all you guys that are wringing your hands at the moment, I, I really don't know what else to tell you other than you got to trust the coaches' evaluations. I mean, Jordan Davis is that classic example, right, of a guy that worked out. Um, came to Brown, I mean, y- y'all are watching this film. He's a big body guy at St.
0: Thomas Aquinas, a
1: big um
0: Goes and gets the ball, Jed. That's right. the thing when I'm watching this film. He's aggressive with the ball in the air. Uh I think maybe the reason that, that guy's, you know, fall to to that maybe three-star level, Cannon Brown, maybe when he tested early at a at a at a camp or a verified time, something like that, doesn't have this blazing speed. You know, he's in the high four or fives, but the guy knows how to knows how to run routes. He knows how to find space. He goes up and gets the ball, catches it away from his body, as you can see here on the film. And he's played in a winning program, Georgia. Uh, you know, as you can see, Cortez Hankton right now is in his home there tonight, uh, uh, as we speak. So uh, he's there. They're recruiting him. Um, of course, Isaiah Bond did commit to Alabama tonight. So that is one he was. He committed to Florida early on. Now he's flipped over his commitment over to uh, Alabama, but you've got not only Camden Brown that that is continuing to look at, but you have squirrel white um, Marquarius white who visited for the Charleston Southern uh, weekend, a five foot eight, you know, like 160 pound guy that can absolutely fly in the slot. So kind of a contrast in styles there between a Camden Brown and a Marquarius white, but uh, you know, it, these guys can play much like uh, a Donnie Mitchell was a you know three star prospect and ended up uh, paying dividends for Georgia with when the injury bug hit he was able to step up so i think one thing is definitely there can be a knock on on Georgia and, and the staff saying they they haven't been able to bring in the the five star you know elite uh receiver right out of high school right but i think they've done a to your point an excellent job of evaluating the guys that they're going after and seeing seeing guys who have uh, have that that capability in them and being able to develop that you know lad mcconkey scored a touchdown in the sec championship if anybody had told me before the year that lad mcconkey was going to score a a touchdown in the sec championship game i would have either said well how how far is georgia up in the game or whatever because you know you wouldn't expect that you thought the names would have been george pickens and and Jermaine burton and things like that but he's he's come along and proved himself so uh you do have to give credit for that but there's Definitely room to knock for not being able to, you know, pull in the 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 Luther burdens of the world. Right, uh, being able to go get get a Evan Stewart somebody like that. Georgia missed out on those, those guys. There's no other way to put it. They they did not land them. But at the same time, overall, they had the number one recruiting class uh, in 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 both 2022 and 2023. It's uh, people. You know, you can cherry pick all day long on certain positions and things like that. But here's the like I said, as the film, you see a comeback route. You've seen vertical routes. You've seen him being able to, to control in one on one matchups. So Camden Brown is a prospect to definitely keep your eye on. Uh, as Georgia uh, has did an in home visit with him uh, tonight, so got that. They're working hard on on Squirrel White. The, he's but you know the d- deal is there, Jed. We say nobody's ever really on the table until they decommit, right, from the places the place they're at. So, uh, Squirrel White still committed to Tennessee at this moment in time. Camden Brown has already decommitted a few days ago from – uh, a little while back from Pittsburgh where he was originally committed and now Georgia and home with him tonight. So, that's kind of what's going on with the wide receiver position. And, Jed, there's also uh, some some portal movement going on, uh, you know, and, and you, with those coaching changes we talked about earlier, there's guys – exiting and leaving and we've got questions on that so i'll actually uh, hold off on that for a while but uh just in general jed before you know naming any specific guys here there's going to be a lot of movement not only between now and signing day but between now uh and probably the end of january as all the college football playoffs and the bowl games and all that wrap up there's going to be guys making decisions to you know move on to greener pastures
1: Right. And if you mentioned the coaching carousel earlier. What's so crazy is it's not like the Notre Dame situation where, okay, a, a coordinator is promoted. There's, you know, USC poaches Oklahoma's coach and then poaches Clemson's defensive coordinator is one of the highest paid assistants and LSU grabs Notre Dame's co- I mean, that's, it's head coaches of major programs um, that are moving. And, you know, Mario Cristobal goes to Oregon. And it seems like every time, you, you know, one of these guys th- leaves, you see a stream of commits over the next few hours. Tweeting, you know the the hmm emoji or the, or the eyeballs, like all those guys start trickling in. You wonder, I mean, Clemson and guys lost. on
0: the current roster,
1: right, too. right, right. I mean, Clemson loses a commitment from um, from Keon Sab um, yesterday or, or day before. um, LSU. I know you said we we're going to mention these guys, but Max Johnson entering portal. Yeah, um, all with day.
0: Keon,
1: age, and
0: with Keon Sab, we can't touch on him. Or Adam uh, Freeman of Rivals reporting that Georgia has very much so been in, in conversations with, with Keon right. Sab, uh since that that decommitment and also kept in touch with him, you know, as he was uh, committed to Clemson still, which Georgia, if there's one thing Georgia does, if they miss out on a guy, a guy commits elsewhere, Georgia does a very good job of maintaining that relationship because you never know what's going to happen either down the road via the transfer portal or coaching change like we saw with Brent Venables uh, leaving there at clemson and and some guys deciding to get back out on the market so it is uh very interesting to see there guys did want to uh mention that this before we get to our questions here this show is presented by dead soxy uh make great quality socks that uh make great christmas gifts you know christmas coming up all that kind of stuff they've got your you know, they've got Georgia uh, brand. They've partnered with uh seven, six apparel over there where you can get like the, the Herschel Herschel Walker digitized like tech mode bowl type, uh, type player on the socks. So uh, they've got the great technology in them where they're not going to slip down off, off the calves, things like that. I've got a, a few pairs of them. They are uh, very, very comfortable socks and uh, you need to hit up dead Soxy because they have great deals. They've, they've done up to 56% discounts. They've done buy one, get one deals. So you know, always check out on UGA Sports when you log into the to the website or come over to the website. Dead Soxy. just be look, looking on those banners because sometimes they have some really good deals that they hook us up with. So, very, very uh, interesting to uh, see Jed some of these developments like you talked about with coaching searches, with transfer portal. But with that being said, we're going to get into our questions because there are some out here that. People are dying to get answered. And, guys, we we answer the questions of all the members on the UGA Sports Ball first. And then, of course, we – then, of course, we uh, – you know, if we have time, we hit the YouTube questions after that. So, uh, Jed, hit us with that first one there.
1: From – very good R- R- S- R- dog it looks like something from something from warm Bayless.
0: springs i think warm springs dog. oh warm
1: springs okay okay warm springs is no vowels shorting okay gotcha um how bad will the quote unquote fallout uh from saturday night sec championship game loss uh, be
0: well i listened to uh, when a college football hall of famer speaks uh, i listened, and uh jim donnan today said listen you know, it's one game, uh, it, it, and, you know, guys that were going to Alabama probably were already going to to Alabama. Guys that are going to go to Georgia this close to signing day were already uh, leaning towards going to Georgia. I think that, sure, there's always momentum and things like that. And what that momentum, though, may do, it may earn you a visit, right? Or it may earn you, uh, you know, a opportunity to get in home or things like that but I don't think it's going to be the, the final selling point because Jed, um, you and I, we talked to a lot of these young prospects. I think people don't give them uh, credit enough for a lot of them being so self-aware and and understanding that, you know, they have to do what's best for them as a whole, not just, uh, not just go off the result of a game or something like that. They're looking at the, the depth chart that's there. They're looking at the, the the coaching structure that's there they're looking they're they're trusting those relationships that they've built things like that so there's a lot more than goes into it than one result of a a football game right i mean i mean some of
1: these kids even beyond a game some i remember asking kids in the summer you know does the on-field match fall and they're like no not really it's like you said steps for it's more than that and the thing is about one game you're, if you're a program, you can sell it both ways, right? If you win, you're like, hey, we're number one, or I guess in the specific case, we're number one, we're the SC champions, whatever. But I think it was either you or Trent, I think mentioned this on the board. If you lose, then you go on home with these recruits and say, hey, you're the missing piece. We need to get over the top, right? If you're Kamari Wilson, you know, you hear Jameel Dye say, hey, you know, next year you could win the safety that's preventing those big plays to the Jameson Williamses of the world. You know, I mean, you can sell, you can sell it both ways when it's one game, especially a game of that magnitude. So, um, like you said, all things considered, I don't think one game makes that much of a difference. Although um, there is little things like possible visits and, and all the kind of stuff that I come into play with that.
0: Yeah, and uh, you know, there, there's all there's there's several different ways to look at it. Several different ways to to you know split it up and attack it. Like you said, Jed, when you when you get those visits and your coach, you can go different ways. And I think that's a great point on that. So let's go ahead and hit the next one here.
1: UGA farm dog, shout out to the UGA pharmacy school. I got a got a cousin that's starting pharmacy school next semester. Which players on UGA's current roster who are considering going pro early or transferring to those transferring to another school will be most important for the coaching staff to recruit to come back?
0: Okay, so I think most everybody on the defense is is gonna be gone. I I really I really do. I don't I don't think you're gonna be recruiting a lot of those guys back except Maybe Nolan Smith is a is a guy that 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 hasn't maybe reached his full potential there, and even even you could point to the game, you know, on Saturday uh, not having as much of an impact as Nolan probably would have liked to have had, and he could be a guy that that Georgia recruits to come back. George Pickens, a guy, you know, does he does he feel confident enough to to say, you know, all right, I'm I'm gonna go test the waters NFL, or do I want to come back and, and, uh, have a full, another full season under me, uh, things of that nature. Um, it'll be interesting to see what George does, how, what his draft grades are after the, after the injury coming back, all that kind of stuff. That would be a, a interesting thing to do. But as far as speculating guys transferring out, um, that's just not something we're going to, we're going to do. We're not going to say, Hey, th- this guy is, uh, is, is probably going to leave that's just too you know kind of personal of a of a decision let those guys uh announce what they're going to do and and quite frankly a lot of those guys jed are still going through that decision making process as you know they they see how the, the postseason plays out here as they go through bowl practices all that kind of stuff
1: yeah i mean this is i mean if you're a team that's just Ole miss for example off the top of my head old miss playing in the sugar bowl Players can kind of look beyond that, but if you're these guys on this Georgia team, you, you're playing for a national championship, right? I mean, this is the reason you're here is to is to play in these playoff games, and now you're what three weeks away or whatever from doing just that. So, I think, like you said earlier, it's going to be interesting to watch maybe Georgia and Michigan and Alabama and Cincinnati later in January once the playoff is over and the kind of the dust settles there and all those kind of things.
0: Yeah, that that's when it'll start hitting for those those four, you know, and and then maybe the. Maybe whichever two teams get excuse me, get eliminated early, uh, you know, uh, as on December thirty first, it could happen even even sooner, of course. So that is the deal about the transfer going out there. Uh Dylan ninety nine says, Is the idea of Georgia taking two quarterbacks still a possibility? I don't know if they've uh I know they've been heavily involved with Robbie Roper, and now T- uh, Tanner Bailey. Excuse me, I can't read. Is back on the market, and we're heavily involved with him before. So um, Georgia was heavily involved with uh, Tanner Bailey, but kind of, kind of. That was, I think, that was before uh, the, the decommitment of Gunnar Stockton from South Carolina. Even you know that was that was a long ways back. Uh, so Tanner Bailey has now decommitted from Oregon uh so it will be interesting he's from gordo alabama he's not far from i, I don't know that Georgia's going to be highly keen on taking two scholarship quarterbacks in this class who knows i do know that robbie roper had a unbelievable year in in 7a and definitely caught the attention of the georgia staff they had him on campus they've talked to him several times stayed in, in contact with him so uh, you know, we'll see uh, what happens happens there. I think that would be something if if something transpired there. Jed, it would be closer to signing day.
1: Yeah, that and like you said, it might be more of a for walk on type of situation, especially just with a the limited amount of spots left, and there's so many guys that could theoretically end up wanting to be or in this class at other positions, right? With you know, you got Marvin Jones and Shamar Stewart at edge. You got Kamari Wilson. You got. Um, you know, defensive lineman, all this kind of stuff. I mean, there's there's a lot of potential dominoes left to fall. Now, if there's a free scholarship at the end, um, maybe it goes to a, a Robbie Roper or, or somebody like that. But I would think at this moment, it would it would kind of lean more towards a you know preferred walk on or or something like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be it'll be inter- interesting to see how it plays out. I think you got to nobody knows how many of these transfer spots they're going to need, right, right. Jim? Because yeah, uh, you know. There will be some guys undoubtedly leave Georgia's program I mean that's just how it, that's just how it goes in the, in the era of the transfer portal right they're gonna like you said nobody's gonna leave right now jed and and, and you know miss out on the chance of possibly having the national championship ring things like that because they' they're still in in the thick of it whatever they want to do right now they they have that in, in front of them. But uh, I would think once the season comes to a close, whenever that is, that's when you're going to see some of the defections out. And then how many spots does Georgia have? Uh, you know, you get up to seven, a one for one type trade off there with the new NCAA rule. Jed got another one here talking about those wide receivers like we did earlier. Yeah, this
1: Roxy82 says the recent updates on Isaiah Bond and Chas Preston were disappointing. Um, do you think that is, on some level, a direct result of Saturday's game? What is our recruiting pitch to top receiver targets?
0: Well, in terms of Bond and Preston, they were they they were picking up momentum, you know, with Alabama before the right. the, the visit. You know, Bond was being driven around by Nick Saban while he was still a <laughs> still a Florida Florida uh, commit back in the summer. So those seeds were planted a long time ago with uh, Bond and uh, you know in Chaz Preston, you know, he visited the the um uh Alabama LSU game. Uh he didn't end up making a, a visit to, to a Georgia game. So they had the, the kind of leg up there, you know, and he, he wasn't able to get into, into town on those. So, you know, that, that, that experience uh, seeing Alabama, even though there was a game, they, they struggled in, uh, you know, getting to see them, you know, hold on to one there at the end uh, that, that could have, you know, helped him out a little bit. And now he's taking an official visit this weekend, which was already set before the, the, a uh, SEC championship that was kind of kind of in works there too. So I don't, I'm not sure how much Saturday had to do with that, but it obviously it didn't hurt <laughs> with uh, J- Jameson Williams uh, tearing it up, uh, you know. And obviously metchi before he went down with his ACL. So yes, uh, there is a balance there of uh, on the field results and and, and things like that. Um, but Jed, like we said, there's there's these relationships being built and things like that over time. But with Shaz Preston, you got to worry about LSU too. Uh, you know, of course, Brian Kelly's coming in there. He's building a staff, but he brought Frank Wilson in, who was there at LSU before. Uh, the family's familiar with uh, a Frank Wilson, so that could there's uh, talks that that could have an impact on his recruitment there. Plus, he's a Louisiana guy as well. And then, uh, Jed, you, you talked about it. I mean, if, if you're a a receiver coach at Georgia or a quarterback coach or anybody talking to a receiver, what's uh, what's kind of your pitch right now? What do you, what are you saying to these guys?
1: I mean, I think the pitch has to be right. I mean, you could be the guy that comes here and and changes the not change the program, but change how Georgia receivers are thought of. I think that's which it's so crazy to think of that being the pitch with a program like Georgia. But we mentioned a minute ago 1,000 yard receiver ever, which is insane to think about. But I think that's got to be the pitch to these guys. You come here, you be the number one. I think the success of George Pickens has shown. What this offense can be and do with a number one receiver, uh, a bon- bona fide number one receiver, anyway. Um, I just think that's got to be the pitch. Other than the typical, you know, Georgia's great, campus is cool, um, you know, downtown's awesome, whatever. I think that's got to be the the extra, you know, twist on the pitches. You could be the guy that comes here, set records, change how Georgia receivers are thought of, and and make this passing game more dynamic than it's been in years past. I think that's. You know, and I'm sure that's brought up in some of these conversations, but I think that's something they got to lean heavily into, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I agree as well. And I think that that they do have to uh, show some more, you know, e- explosivity in their in their offense. I mean that, but that's something that that Kirby Smart relentlessly talks about. Uh, you know, saying they want to be explosive, things like that. But he also talks about being balanced and stuff like that. And I'm not sure if Georgia will ever be the type that throws it. You know. uh, on purpose 60 percent of the time you know uh, they may end up having to kind of like they did in the sec championship game when they they fell behind and didn't go to plan but i don't know if the plan for georgia will ever be to uh be you know unbalanced so to speak and and uh, be more of a a pass happy uh offense you know on, on purpose but we'll we'll see what ends up happening i think you just have to keep chipping away at it, right? And find those guys that that uh somebody who who buys into the ultimately it's got to fit your program and your vision and, and what you're what you're wanting out there. So uh Georgia, it's not like they haven't been trying to recruit those five star guys. Uh it's just it's not really been been hidden. But people also discount, I think Jed, at the wide receivers they do have guys like Denylon morissette and Dylan Bell in this class that I think are you know criminally under underrated because uh is a physical tough receiver that 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 has got a big frame can can you know very strong hands is able to to do a lot of things after the catch and dylan bell is electrifying he can do a lot of different things very very quick uh you know and and dangerous after the catch
1: yeah and cole spear too you know i i watched cole spear um play blessed trinity on friday night and he a kid i'm telling you he People think he's just a, a 4 3, 8 40 or whatever he ran at that camp, but he's a guy, he likes getting down and dirty. He likes, rephrase that, he likes getting physical. He doesn't mind blocking. He's he's a pretty big guy, you know, for his speed. And I talked to him, about, I'm going to have a story on it tomorrow, but I talked to him and he's like, or I told him, you know, do you, how much pride do you take in your blocking? And he said, a lot, people, that's something I've really worked hard at. So I think he's a guy that, you know, might be, people might be discounting him just because they see that 40 time and they think that's all they can do. But I think he's a guy that, um, you know, could work work his way in the rotation at some point.
0: Absolutely. So uh, I've got a question here from DIH 1727. Lots of notes on coaches doing in-home visits, very players, Munkin noticeably absent. Uh, does this imply that he's not an active part of recruitment process or something else? Just means that he wasn't taking pictures where he went because Munkin was in Texas and uh, he was checking on class of twenty twenty four quarterbacks. Uh, Dylan Riola, DJ Lagway. They offered DJ Lagway today through his coaching staff, of course, because Munkin and and nobody at Georgia can have direct contact with the class of twenty twenty four in in you know in person uh, right now, even during this contact period. So Munkin was there visiting the coaching staffs of Lagway and the coaching staff of, uh, of Dylan Raola at, at, at Burleson there, Lagway at Willis high school. Um, both are tremendous dual threat quarterbacks. I mean, guys that, that are running in the, in the, you know, four, 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 five range and are big bodied guys too. Um, Jed, when you talk about Dylan Raola, six foot, six foot three, 215 pounds plus maybe. Four four forty can throw the ball a mile uh, from different different arm angles. I mean, he is the most naturally gifted quarterback that I have seen since Deshaun Watson at the high school level. I mean, he is that kind of talent, and Georgia is all over him. Of course, you know, as indicates with Munkin going to see his coaching staff, but he told me today that he talks, he calls because Kirby and them can't can't call. Uh, him until he's uh, september 1st of his junior year but he calls kirby smart uh he calls buster faulkner on the on the regular right i mean he's calling he's calling kirby uh every every couple of weeks he's calling uh buster faulkner texting but uh buster faulkner making making the contact with them so i think that bodes well for not only uh, Georgia, but you know, if Todd Munkin's out there recruiting twenty twenty fours, that should kind of tell you his mindset, kind of going forward right now.
1: Right, right, and yeah, and it's one of those things where okay, we look at twenty twenty three. There's some kid named Arch Manning who's at the top of the list. Georgia misses out on him, which is very possible because you know, every school in the country is going to be on the kid.
0: It is, but Georgia, I think Georgia has to like the way things are going right there with uh, you know Quinn Ewers in the transfer portal and. I think I think uh, a lot of people are pulling for uh, Sarkeesian to, to land Quinn Ewers because that may be. I'm not saying Arch Manning would be scared of anybody, but Quinn Ewers is a, a little bit of a different different talent there over there, and that that could I could help George's chances a lot if he ends up at Texas.
1: Right, and you know if something happens and Arch goes to Texas or Ole Miss or I don't know New Mexico State wherever. There's Dylan Raiola and DJ Lagway in 24. There's Julian Lewis, the guy we've talked about on its way down the road. 2026, 26. <laughs> right? But but point is, if they, it's not the end of the world if Arch Manning goes somewhere else. Is what I'm saying. There's very talented guys, obviously in the 23 class as well. But you know, 24.
0: 2022 class, Gunner Stockton. I mean, he's he's That's there. He, he's there, there out there. Brock Brock Vandergrift. So eventually, uh, law of averages, right? One of these quarterbacks is going to pan out and absolutely be a home run uh, hit for Georgia. I know a lot of people is that's the last thing they want to hear right now with uh, whatever, you know, their opinion is on Georgia's quarterback situation. But uh, it's going to happen at some point, uh, you know, even another more sore subject did, uh, you know, some people they may or may not want to watch the New York Giants uh, this weekend with uh, Jake Fromm making his first NFL NFL start over there. So, Lots of interesting Georgia quarterback talk that will be going on. Not only this weekend in the NFL, but uh, going all the way throughout Christmas. It's going to be a holly jolly Christmas, Jed, as uh, talking about Georgia quarterback situation leading into the Orange
1: Bowl. Yeah, you know the good. The good thing is, is that Georgia quarterbacks are in no way polarizing or creating a bitter, bitter, um, bitter debates or anything. There will be no heated discussions about this
0: on Christmas around the dinner table as people get ready for the Orange Bowl. I'm sure. It's very tranquil. It's nice and (laughs) nice and peaceful that Uh, croaking one, two, three, any way to save wide receiver recruiting without either improving the pass game or firing some coaches or hiring elite wide receiver coaches to replace them. And uh, what can be, what can be done to show that the staff isn't a and it cut off right there, but um, croaking, we're not going to talk about uh, coaches being hired and fired one. That's their livelihood. They have families, all that kind of stuff. So uh, we'll let that stuff play out. If, if that were to happen, if, if there's something going on, uh, in terms of somebody leaving to go elsewhere, you, you can guarantee that Kirby smart is going to do everything he can to fill it with someone who will recruit their tail off. Cause that is one thing that Kirby smart, uh, you know, demands out of all of his coaches, right? Jetty wants people to always be recruiting and going out and people can't say that, that, that uh, Cortez Hayden hasn't been, you know, doing everything he can to land these guys. It's just, there's a lot of be honest with you. There's a lot of negative recruiting that goes on against against Georgia. Maybe some uh, of their own own fault when it comes to the receiver game, style of offense, things like that. But uh, Cortez Hankton, I mean, he made the trip down to Louisiana during the season to go see, you know, Shaz, Shaz Preston and all that kind of stuff. It's not like uh, they're they're not trying every way they can. It's just it, it it hasn't been going. Whether it's style of offense or, or whatever you may like uh, with with pulling in these receivers yeah
1: and i think something people that maybe is getting not swept under the rug whatever but kirby is a guy that evaluates every aspect of this program on field i mean y'all have heard him say it in press conferences a thousand times when he gets asked about the quarterbacks we evaluate things day by day that goes to recruiting too i mean kirby's not an idiot he knows all these top receiver targets andre green luther burden um kojo i mean chaz if he ends up going somewhere else he knows that they haven't hit on these top guys. So that's something in the off or, you know, offish season, whatever going forward. He's going to look at, OK, what is our recruiting pitch to receivers? How can we tweak it? How can we twist it? How can we make ourselves more appealing? Um, so that's something every aspect of this program is under constant evaluation, I think. And, and that extends recruiting and and certainly the um, the wide receiver aspect of that, too.
0: No doubt. We'll try to go more rapid fire on some of these other ones here. Drew Yang, if Stetson Bennett stays for another year, do you think we'll lose Vandergriff or Stockton in the portal? How many of our remaining offensive targets do you think we finish with? Well, first, uh, you know, Jed, I think you got to define offensive uh, target who who those are at this point. Like we said, uh, you know, Isaiah Bond now off the off the uh, off the market, you know, committed to Alabama. Shaz Preston still out there, Squirrel White still out there, Camden Brown is now emerged as a target. Jed, I mean, Jake, uh, Jake Johnson, uh, Max Johnson's yep. younger brother is now he just decommitted from from LSU. Uh, he's a tight end that that is in Georgia's backyard at Oconee County. Who who knows? I mean, uh, George. Every program out there is going to be interested in Max and Jake Johnson. Uh, because as they come out there, I mean, every major program is going to be interested in those caliber of guys at, via the transfer portal and now having decommitted. Dakotas Crawford decommits from LSU. Jo- Georgia was in it, in with it on him. So as these coaching changes take place, these targets, so it's hard to say how many of the remaining offensive targets they're going to finish with because the targets are literally changing by the hour mm-hmm. uh, when it comes, comes to that. I think one thing you know, Jed, is Georgia's secure at running back. They visited uh, Branson Robinson and and Jordan James within home visits, so I don't think you have to to worry at, at running back. They've got the quarterback in Gunner Stockton. Um, you know, offensive line that's really kind of where the the most play is, right? Because they've got Oscar Delp at, at the tight end position. Who knows with Ernest Green? Uh, who knows with uh you know Drew Bobo? Now that that Mike Bobo is no longer there, could could Drew Bobo? be someone that, that Georgia, you know, looks at again. So, uh now we've got Devin Campbell, you know, potentially coming in for an official visit this weekend. So the offensive targets are literally changing at the minute. Uh Jed, I don't think that if Stetson Bennett comes back for another year, I don't think you're in danger of seeing Vandergriff uh hit the portal this earlier or Stockton, maybe some of the other quarterbacks, the two other older quarterbacks, but I don't think you would lose those two.
1: I wouldn't think so. Um I mean, and who knows, right? I mean, people are, are making all their jokes about Stetson and, and Kirby's favoritism, all that, blah blah blah. But Stetson could come back and simultaneously lose out on the job. It, it seems impossible for people to think that right now, uh, but that's
0: possible. Um, so, I would have thought JT Daniels would have lost lost out on the on the job this year. So ex- exactly. So, um, and again, Stetson could leave.
1: Stetson and JT could leave. All. Seven quarterbacks could leave. I, they, who knows? Like with with the transfer portal and the quarterback situation, I don't know. I th- maybe I'm just spending too much time on the bench. I don't know. But um, you, you, you just you don't really know at this point. All you can do is sit back and, and watch and get your popcorn out and all that kind of stuff. But um, to, get, to get back to what you question, no, I don't know that Stetson's uh, coming back would have any impact on. I mean, maybe Vandergriff more so than Gunner, just because he's a year older. Maybe um, definitely not Gunner, but yeah, definitely not Gunner. Right.
0: Big dog, just in your opinion, will Eric Gilbert ever play for Georgia? It's hard to tell. There's that's a personal, personal matter. We're not gonna go uh too deeply into that. Current status on Don Blaylock on field progression. Does Tyreek Smith return next season for Georgia? Yes, Tyreek Smith and his family are, are very everything I've got, they're very grateful for what Georgia's, you know, done for him in terms of the medical work and all that kind of stuff. I mean, uh just an unfortunate situation for him. Jed, I, I haven't heard the, the, too much on Don Blaylock other than he's cleared. He's ready to go. It's now just that mental, you know, hurt. Okay. You know, is, how's he, when's he going to feel like himself but medically cleared, right?
1: Yeah. And it's one of those things Kirby said a bunch. It's it's not a matter of you, you snap your fingers, right, or, or check a box and, he, and he's back to his old self in terms of playing time. He's got to get confidence back, especially with his situation with the multiple ACL tears. So. And then having a hamstring on top of that, I mean, you talk about confidence injuries. Hamstring is certainly right up there at the top. So, um, but like, yeah, like you said, he's cleared. We've seen him on the field some. Um, it's just a matter of confidence and and getting back healthy and working his way into, I mean, this receiver room. Even with all the injuries, there's guys stepped up. AD Mitchell, Lad McConkey, um, George Pickens is back healthy now. Harris so Jackson's still there, and, right? Um, there's a lot and Marcus Roseme Jackson as well. So there's a lot of guys kind of battling for those reps. So it's not a matter of George Pickens, right? I mean, when George Pickens gets cleared, George Pickens is, is going to get his reps, right, but bearing confidence and stuff. But Don Blaylock is kind of in that next group of guys that's kind of all um, battling for that playing time. So he's cleared. We'll just have to you know, wait and see if he gets more confidence and, and plays more, effective in the playoffs.
0: Gilbert Peterson, which commits in the signing class do you think uh, will make great team leaders three four years from now? Well, number one is Jalen Walker. Uh yes. he's, he could run for president tomorrow and I'd I'd vote for Jalen Walker. He's he's that kind of a diplomatic uh young man, very uh very, you know, astute, very knowledgeable, um, raised by a uh, you know, a college football coach and his dad. So uh knows the game, knows how to handle himself. Jalen Walker will be a leader for this class. Anybody else jump out to you, Jed, as a as a leader?
1: Uh I mean, you kind of always have got to circle the quarterback. Right, I mean that's obvious. Um, I think Julian Humphrey, another guy, he's very vocal on on Twitter, obviously. Um, but another guy that just seems very gregarious and and charismatic um, that could lead the way in this class. And, and the, you look at those offensive guys, maybe Denial Morriset as well. I am thinking he's yeah. a very, he's a guy that you know talks to a lot of these recruits and everything. Um,
0: Den Denylon and Julian are kind of like the you know, they're, they're kind of the hype guys, right? They're getting out there and getting out in front. I think uh, when you talk about pure leadership, I think you'd talk about more like Jalen Walker and Malachi Starks. I I think Malachi Starks is a guy who he's going to be very quiet, uh, but he's going to lead by example, uh, maybe in a, in a Kobe Dean type fashion, you know, a very, um, you know, a young man that, that uh, already, you know, you can tell loves the university of Georgia already and uh, is, is going to you know give maximum effort every time he's out there in every situation. Uh, Jed, uh Jed, we got one from Mickey P here.
1: Yes, yeah, it says, how are things looking with Shamar James?
0: Uh so Shamar James, Jed, uh, you got an update from him uh today. Well how tell everybody what's going on with Shamar.
1: Yeah, I spoke with Shamar. He is visiting Athens this weekend. He is take it's this is his official visit um this weekend I'd seen on the ball people had kind of thought he was going somewhere else. He is coming. I got it straight from him. Um, so if, if, he goes somewhere else, I was lied to just like the rest of you. Um, but no, he's going to, I mean, and that, you know, we talked about in in-home visits, he got an in-home from Glenn Schumann today, I believe. Um, and he also got one from Glenn Schumann last week as well. So two in-home visits in a week plus an official visit to Athens this weekend. Um, is pushing hard for a guy that's, you know, a, a newly minted, uh, Five star Rivals, you know, he made a big jump in the new 2022 rankings um, that came out today. So just another uh, very talented defensive guy to add to this class potentially.
0: Yeah, I know Glenn Schumann was there last week. I think uh, some other coaches probably probably went down to go see him uh, today. But yeah, he, uh, he's uh he's coming this weekend, and and we'll see uh, see what happens there. Our last uh, question, last word. Now I will say this on Shamar James. I think it's a Georgia Alabama race, right? I mean, I don't think for, I think Florida's trying to get back into it. I don't think they can make up that ground um you know i like where george is at in that one heading into this weekend especially uh last warrior says any smoke around potential portal names oh with ou oregon uf lsu clemson you know right now uh kind of some of the guys that are already out there the the oklahoma receivers um that's always something you got to look at Jaden Hazelwood's already landed at arkansas uh Georgia tried to get tried to get in on that one, but with Jimmy Smith already being his uh, you know, former high school coach there when he was at Cedar Grove, that was a that was a hard a hard nut to crack right there, uh, Jed, when it comes to that. Uh like I said, Oregon lost Tanner Bailey. Don't know if Georgia would get involved there or not. LSU, I think, is the one and, and we don't have to go through all the names again, but you got I mean, you do have the the Johnson, both the Johnson guys, the crawford, you know, there's gonna be more, uh more that enter the portal over there with as Ryan Kelly, he can rub some people the wrong way, his personality, and he's going to clean uh, clean house a little bit and, and uh, bring in guys he wants in there, so it'll be interesting to see. Clemson, you know, they got Darren Kendrick this past offseason. We'll see uh, how many guys want to end up leaving, as you mentioned, Keon Sab uh, decommit right there, but portal names, not sure who will, uh, who will leave um, from there, but Jed, yeah, that's kind of all of the questions we got there. Do you got anything you want to leave leave people with? I know you said you got a story coming on uh, uh Cole Spear tomorrow on the Vault.
1: Yeah, story on Cole Spear, and just kind of what I was saying. he's more than basically more than just a forty time. That might be uh, the headline I end up going with. But um, but yeah, just you know, stay tuned to the to the Vault UJSports.com. Like I said, signing day is is eight day early. Signing day is eight days away, and we'll have coverage of guys committing, guys signing. Um, flipping transferring all that kind of stuff you can find all of it on um on ujsports.com and there might be a thread or two on the event about georgia's quarterbacks as well
0: oh yeah i'm sure there (laughs) will be we'll be we will be back to our normal normal monday slot on uh, the the 13th and then 15th when uh signing day rolls around i'm sure we'll have special coverage here for you so Make sure to hit the subscribe button. Doesn't cost you anything to do. Hit that subscribe button. Hit a like for us. Turn on notifications so you get uh, notified every time there is live action here on the UGA Sports YouTube channel. And also uh, subscribe to podcasts that are out there. The UGA Sports Live podcast is is out there, and you can get it on all the available uh, platforms that you listen to podcasts on. So for Jed May, I am Blaine Gilmer. This has been. UGA Sports Georgia recruiting rumors versus facts. Uh, We appreciate you for joining, and we will catch you next time, Monday, the 13th, for our next episode.